here, there, and everywhere. SAFM 105.1 FM in Johannesburg. 14 minutes past uh, 2 o'clock. This is Lifetime Live. If you've just joined us here on SAFM, as uh, promised, we said in our relationship corner today, we're discussing condom use and uh, STIs. It is condom and STI week. So we just want to issue a disclaimer that if they are underage or sensitive listeners, uh, maybe this would be the time, parents, to ask them to not uh, listen. I, I don't know, what, what, depending on what's uh, comfortable for you, because we will be talking intimacy as uh, well as those adult kind of condoms. Conversations, but we're joined on the line by Vanessa Maseko, who is a laboratory manager at the STI division for the National Institute for Communicable Diseases, the NICD. You can call us on 0891 104 207. Our WhatsApp line is 061 410 4107. SMS 40938, and SMSs are charged at 150. And find us on our social media platforms at SAFM Radio. Welcome, Vanessa. Uh, thank you for inviting me, Asanda, on and, uh, such a wonderful Valentine's Day. Well, Rainy yes. And we're ready, I'm sure, for action <laughs> for most of us. <laughs> How are you spending your Valentine's, if, if this is important to you? Well, we've been distributing condoms uh, in one of our clinics that we work with and around our campus at the Sandringham campus in uh, NICD and HLS. Yeah. So, I mean, today being Valentine's Day, we need to talk about these matters that could affect uh, or even cripple a couple's intimacy, talking condoms and STIs. These are realities in a lot of couples' uh, lives, but we still seem to shy away from uh, these kind of things, even though sex is present in, in relationships. Why? I think it's a very difficult conversation to have, and I'm sure if I were to ask you personally if you've ever had to discuss the mm-hmm. condom usage in your relationships, you know, it might be it might get a bit difficult. And we've seen this also as we started with condom distribution from Monday onwards. I mean, people are. You know, it's very difficult. I think we're still thinking that STIs, condom usage, it implies that you are prim- possibly you are promiscuous. So people shy away from that fact that there's a connotation behind using a condom and talking about STIs. So if I bring it into the conversation, then I'm implying either you or myself have an infection. Therefore, how did I get the infection? Did I sleep around or, you know, did I have sex with somebody else I shouldn't have had sex with? So it is a very difficult conversation, and I think that we need to accept, and we need to find ways of making it easy for people to discuss these issues because it's imperative in terms of getting treatment and in terms of protecting your partner as well. Having an STI, uh, first of all, let's let's talk about the symptoms there and how one can, can tell that that's what they have. How they can tell? Yeah. How do you? How do uh, the the symptoms of an STI? Well, un- unfortunately, most of the sim- uh, of the STIs are asymptomatic. So there's a lot of us walking around who have an STI. So you could have a chlamydial infection, you could have Neisseria gonorrhea infection, but you wouldn't know. So most of them are asymptomatic. But when you do present with symptoms, it's possible that you will have a urethral discharge, a vaginal discharge or genital ulcers. And sometimes because now we engage in oral sex, you could actually have like a sore throat um, because you might have an infection in your throat due to oral sex, an infection as you go through oral sex. So those are basic. And obviously you do get warts. 
mm. uh, which are also sexually transmitted and you get pubic lice. So if you have pubic lice, that's also a sexually transmitted disease. In a committed relationship, I'm, you know, I mean, this is where probably the conversation is even hardest when you find that you've got an STI. How do you deal with, first of all, you're telling your partner and then also your partner having to ask you if you've been sleeping around? I think the first starting point is to actually demystify STIs and actually to be able to discuss this in the sense that I think we've had these discussions around HIV to say that we should move away from labeling people. So mm. if you have a HIV, you know, you don't necessarily have to label someone to say that they are promiscuous or, you know, inquire about how they got the infection. So with the STIs, it's also the same thing as I mentioned, is that people tend to think that if you have an STI, it's because you are promiscuous. But because there's so many asymptomatic infections that people do not know. Even if you have just that one partner whom you had 10 years ago when you were just experimenting with sex, you could have the infection sitting in your cervix without you knowing about it. Or you could be the guy that's sitting when you're thinking, I'm fine, but you could have herpes, which you acquired a long time ago, and because you have never been immunocompromised, then you haven't had any blisters. And now your partner is coming with blisters. So I think the most important thing is to remove the label to say that you only get an STI if you are womanizing or if you are promiscuous as a woman. That is a myth. So an mm. STI can, you can get it even if you, you've just had one sexual partner. But because you do not know the history of the partner that you are sleeping with, they might have had it a long time ago, but because they've been asymptomatic, they wouldn't have known that they have the, 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 the infection. So mm. if we can be able to get to that understanding, then it becomes easy when we talk about it in a relationship, in a committed relationship, if we've never had the discussion at the beginning of the relationship. So it is easy, I must confess, if you're in a new relationship to say, yes, I don't know where you're coming from. I don't know. You don't know where I've been. So to protect yourself and to protect me, let's use a condom. But if you've been in a relationship, then it's a discussion that you have. If we know our numbers, it's easy to say, okay, maybe if I am HIV positive, I know my viral load is suppressed, and perhaps I've had a test, an STI test, to say that I do not have any of these infections, therefore there is no need to use a condom. But if we do not know those numbers, then we still have a reason to introduce a condom in the relationship because we do not know whether we do or we do not have an STI. Yeah, so we're talking condom use and STIs in relationships here on Lifetime Live. You can WhatsApp us on 061-410-4107. We're going to take a short break. If you can stay with us, Vanessa, our chat continues. SAFM leading the conversation. We're leading the conversation with Vanessa Maseko from the National Institute for Communicable Diseases, talking about condom use and STIs in relationships. So let's talk about condom use, that even in this day and age, the need to negotiate the use thereof, is this something that we should even be negotiating, condom use? I think we would have loved that at this day and age we are no, no longer negotiating the use of a condom. But uh, because, I mean, I think we've come a long way with HIV management and treatment, with the introduction of antiretrovirals and now with PrEP and circumcision. So people have gotten to the notion that uh, HIV is manageable. 
So mm. it's like any other chronic disease. So, and some people actually go to the extent that because it is manageable, it's like any chronic disease, I do not need to protect myself anymore. And I can have sex, even if I'm HIV positive, I can have sex with anyone without a condom because my viral load is suppressed. So I'm safe, <laughs> if I may put it that way. Mm. But we still have all these other STIs that people, I think we haven't made a lot of noise about in the past. And I think it's high time that we do that so that the negotiations stop. When we come into a relationship, we know that we need to use protection so that we can protect ourselves against these other sexually transmitted infections besides mm. HIV. So we would like to get to a point where it's not negotiations anymore. But at this point in time, unfortunately, we still need to negotiate the use of a condom. And moreover, with younger women, I mean, I think we still see that disparity in the ages of uh, in relationships where the women are younger and the men are older. Mm. So. Women still need to negotiate the condom if they want to use it. Um, and it's fortunate or unfortunately, it's never a discussion that you had. So how do we empower them to be able to actually have this conversation with their partner so that at the end of the day, they're able to conduct this conversation and be able to come to a conclusion where the relationship is not disrupted because you want to protect yourself. In the availability of a condom, are women comfortable with carrying condoms or it's still seen as a man's responsibility to have a condom ready? I think on a larger scale, it is still seen as a man's responsibility. And I, I think also the fact that, as I mentioned earlier on, we see using a condom as if you are labeling yourself as dirty. Mm. So if I, I produce a condom, then I'm saying it means I'm dirty or I'm thinking that the other person is promiscuous. So women tend to shy away from having that conversation to say, uh, okay, I have a condom, and if I'm going to be sexually involved with you, I want to protect myself and I want to protect you as a partner. Women do not use that. And, I mean, during this course of the week, we've seen that female condoms are not something that women are comfortable with. Yeah. And I, I think they're also not promoted enough. And perhaps also if you use it, do we know how the men feel and how, how do we then speak about it? Or is it like a surprise to, during the act that, oh, you've got a condom on, you know, it's not negotiable anymore. But when the man finds the condom, then what do I say or what do I do? So these are discussions that we've seen that actually there's, there's a missing gap here that we are, we, are, we are not tackling. That how do we speak about these issues in the relationship before we even engage in any sexual activity? Yeah, I think it's also just the daunting uh, thing of looking at even the the female <laughs> condom and the admin and logistics that go with it. Hopefully in the new years to come, you know, that will change and it becomes as easily accessible and to use as the male condom. So, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I, feel yeah. like, I, I think also I, I will say that, you know, the way God created us as women is unlike with the men. There are tools that are just out there. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and it's easy. So I think how we were created in a special way that we were created, it makes it the condom, the female condom is actually uh, very daunting when you look at it. But it's made to protect us in yeah. the way that God created us. In marriage, are condoms seen as an enemy, the thing to stay away from? Like if you suggest that you use a condom and you're married, your partner might, you know, go to the assumption that maybe you are not so faithful. 
very true. I think that those are the discussions that we've been having throughout the week, that in marriage, people, when we give out the condom, people will say, I'm married, so I don't need one. Um, but the question then comes that, are you both faithful in the relationship? Do you know your, your status, one? Mm-hmm. HIV, have you ever had an HIV test, both of you? And do you know your partner's uh, status? Have you ever had any STI screening done? Do you know that your partner... It's not really about the present. It, yeah. can, it also relates to your past. So you might be faithful now, but you might have a history where you could have acquired these infections. And because now you are more aware, you are saying, okay, because we do not know what our status is at this present time, let's protect ourselves going forward until we know our numbers or until we know where we stand or what our status is. Yeah, so share your voice notes with us. Our WhatsApp line is 061-410-4107. Are you a woman? Uh, are you shy about carrying condoms? What are your experiences? Are you in a relationship where the conversation of STIs is taboo? Uh, give us your thoughts. And you can also SMS 40938 at 1 per SMS. It is Condom and STI Week. What should we be doing, Vanessa, to observe this week? I think we should be having these conversations about STIs and we should be free to have these conversations with our colleagues, with our families, and most importantly with our kids. Because uh, I think it was, it's easy to talk about HIV. HIV is everywhere. But then we do not talk to our children about also uh, the other sexually transmitted infections, which are so rife. I mean, like chlamydia amongst young people, it's so rife, it's asymptomatic, Mm. and they do not know. And because of the unavailability of rapid test kits that you can just go and have a finger prick like HIV, and then you will know whether you're infected or not, uh, you're unable to do that. So we need to be able to, this week, I think our aim is just to get people aware that there's other sexually transmitted infections besides HIV, and you can still get them through any sexual uh, activity that you participate in, whether it's oral sex or vaginal sex or anal sex. Because Mm -hmm. I think people forget about their throats. You know, when you have oral sex without a condom, you're still exposing yourself to an infection. So you could get an infection that's just sitting in your throat and you'll continue to think, ah, I have a sore throat or, you know, this irritation. But you could actually have a bacteria sitting in your throat which you'll be able to pass on to one person to another. So we just want to encourage people to have these discussions about the other STIs and the condom, you know, that, yes, we can issue it out, but do we really make use of it? And what are the challenges that we've had? I'll just make a point, uh, Asanda. Mm, yeah. When we're having these discussions at the clinic, the other thing that we never talk about is the disposal of the condom. And we found out that people like Wayne Alexandra, they were saying it's very difficult for us to put the condom in the bin because we have a rat infestation. Mm. And the bins, they don't lock or you don't have access to, a, like you, in your own home, that the bin is closed. So when the rats uh, tear off the bags or they open the, the bin, then the condoms are found lying around. Children play with these condoms. Then it's also another way that children can be infected and the condoms mm. are just lying around. So those are other things that we're not aware of until we had this conversation. Absolutely. With I our wouldn't have thought of that either. I mean, that's something that uh, has come to the radar for the first time, I mean, in my thoughts. Yes. So, I mean, we, we do not, and we also find out that men are very particular about their 
them. Mm. You know, when we said to them, okay, one person suggested, okay, why don't you, you bury it or why don't you tie it? They don't even want to tie it because they're saying, no, it means we're burying our kids or we're tying really? our wow. kids. It has some connotation for them. So these things we don't think about. And if we don't have these conversations, we wouldn't have known that we need to yeah. also come up with other options for them to dispose of the condom after we use Let's take news headlines. It's just gone past half past two. Uh, we'll continue with this chat. Over to you, Jolani. SAFM. Hi, it's Emmanuel Nepipide from Wetbank. Uh, I'm glad that you bring this topic today because uh, a lot of things are going to happen today. But I think we're not putting much effort as we did on HIV and AIDS where it's available at any clinic and everything. We need to educate our people, the STIs and HIV and AIDS. I think as a media there by SABC, you need to make sure uh, you spread the, the word. Thanks for your voice note, Emmanuel. Of course, you can keep them coming. Our WhatsApp line is 061-410-4107. Talking condom use and STIs in relationships. There's a question, Vanessa. This is, uh, it reads, hi, I just wanted to ask, can STI turn into HIV if not treated for a long time? Also having warts, uh, can, is, can that be a sign of STI? I think you answered the second part of the question already. Uh, that, that is one of the symptoms. This is from Anonymous. Can we address that? Okay, so definitely having an STI cannot lead to HIV. So the other STI, so I must say, HIV is another sexually transmitted infection. Okay, so the other ones that we're talking about is gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, herpes. So those are the other different types of, of STIs. So they do not lead to HIV. What happens is that if you do have them, it means you are engaging in unprotected sex and you are exposing yourself to HIV. So that is why at the end, so if you have multiple episodes of other sexually transmitted infections, you could at the end contract HIV because you are having unprotected sex. That's how perhaps the linkage comes. And other STIs, they can actually increase your risk of getting HIV. For instance, if you have genital ulcers, that exposes your skin. And if you have sex with someone who's infected with HIV, then it's easier for you to get um, HIV. I Uh think the second one I answered, so warts are caused by the human papilloma virus, and that is sexually transmitted as well. Uh, another WhatsApp is, uh, hey, I want to know, can stress cause warm urine? Because I had been diagnosed with an STI and then being treated, but the warm urine just stopped for a year and it came back again. I went to a different doctor and they told me they can't detect any STI. So what could be the problem? This sounds like a gynae issue, but what, what could be the problem? Well, I'm not, I'm not a doctor, so I have yeah, to... Yeah, it sounds like she needs to see a gynecologist. Think, yeah, so it, it is very important that you actually get clarity from your doctor. Oh, warm so urine, not gonna be, yeah. so Sorry. I think they need to clarify what is, because you could have a urinary tract infection. So that is different from a sexually transmitted infection. So urinary mm-hmm. tract infection, those are common and with, with, with women, if you're pregnant, you could actually get that. But I'm not sure what he's referring to when he says warm urine, because it's either it's painful when you urinate, that could be a, 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 a signal that you could have a, a, 
and STI, but the warmness of the urine, I'm not sure there. So I'll, I'll suggest that yeah. they consult with their doctor further to see, explore whether he doesn't perhaps have a urinary tract infection as opposed to them testing for an STI. Or it could be a she. We're not sure. Cause it's yeah, so it could so be a she, yes, either of the two. So they will need to consult further with, with their doctor. But yeah. I just want to mention that with herpes, though, so if herpes is another uh, virus that causes genital ulcers, so these are like your fever blisters on your mouth. So some people get that when they are stressed. Or if there's some hormonal changes in their bodies, like women just premenstrual b- before their menstrual cycle starts or after their menstrual. So they could have just that eruption of the blisters and it doesn't necessarily mean that you just had the, you got the infection there and then. And this virus stays in your body forever. It will just resurface now and then when your body uh, you are immunocompromised or you are under a lot of stress or you've taken anti, uh, antibiotics, therefore your immune uh, response is low. Yeah. We've got a tweet from Mr. Beefy at Beefy Butler. I'd love to know how you got that handle, Mr. B. <laughs> it's so interesting. But anyway, the tweet reads, no glove, no love. Simple as that. If you don't regularly check your status, five minutes of fun ain't worth waiting a day at a clinic for ARVs. I think we agree with you, Mr. Beefy. Yes, we agree with him 100%. And one glove, one round. Yeah. <laughs> do, do younger couples, uh, those who are 30 and below, struggle? more than the older ones that are 35 and above when it comes to condom use and, and, and discussing STIs? Well, I think it's easier in the sense, it, it, actually it's easier in the sense that because there are new relationships that are beginning. So for the older generation, it might be a bit tricky because maybe they ha- they're in long-term relationships. So that's the only difference that comes. And it it's easier now with that younger generation because the information is out there. They Google everything. So they should be able to talk about these things. The only thing that comes as a barrier, though, is that uh, people are now learned. And there's, as I mentioned, with HIV, you have ARVs, you have PrEP, you have circumcision as a way of protection, prevention, and treatment. So people come into a relationship thinking that if I'm, okay, if I'm HIV negative or I'm already on ARVs and my viral load is undetectable, therefore there is no reason for me to, ha- to use a condom. But the gap is then that there's other sexually transmitted infections that you can get even if you're HIV negative or you're HIV positive and your viral load is maintained mm. uh, below detectable levels. For us as the older generation, it is difficult because we still have the stigma attached to STIs. And I think a lot of us, we're still not comfortable discussing these issues about sexually transmitted infections, and we still find it difficult to talk about the use of a condom. So in both these age groups, there are barriers that actually make it a bit difficult for them to approach the discussions as well. We've got about two other voice notes. Uh, I think, can we play one? Do we have time? It's Emmanuel the PPD again from Woodbank. Uh, I just wanted to find out: Is it true that you can contact STI through uh, a public toilet? Uh, please, I just need a clarity on that. Thank you. 
discussions impacting your life the most. Hello, I would like to ask also that what makes the the, the testicles of a man to to have pains? Like you sleep then in the morning, you wake up then they are having pains. What is the problem? And if you could help me also with their number, I also need their number. Okay, so let's start uh, with Emmanuel's second question, using public toilets. Vanessa. Well, I think a lot of people uh, are very scared of getting STIs from public toilets. Um, well, because as you said, sexually transmitted infections, they are transmitted through sexual contact with the person. Okay, so there has to be an exchange of bodily fluids. And if you are using the bathroom, obviously, unless you have... Um, a cut or a tear on your skin, it's very difficult to get any STI from from public toilets. But for ladies, what we, I mean, there has been some studies that have been done that unless there is something that is being shared at the toilet that goes from one person's internal organs, like vagina, to the other person, then that's the only way you'll be able to get an STI. So okay. you, you wouldn't ordinarily get an STI from sitting on a toilet seat and then you stand up and then you have an STI. The test is of a man being painful in the morning when he wakes up is from anonymous. What could be the cause of that? Well, I think he definitely needs to have it checked out. As I said, I'm not a doctor to be speaking on that, but I know that, Mm. I mean, there are sexually transmitted infections that can actually cause uh, infection in the testicles as well. So he does need to go and consult with his doctor or even a urologist so that he'll be able to have that checked out. Another question reads, is there treatment for HSV type 1 and 2? I was tested for STIs, and this is the only one that was positive, but the doctor said it doesn't need to be treated. Is that true? Yes, so HSV, as I mentioned, it's herpes. So type 1 is the one normally we get around our lips when we have a cold or flu. Uh, and HSV type 2 is commonly the one that is in the genital area. But due to oral sex, either of the two can be at any of those positions. So we've got a cyclovir that can be given to, to people, but this is to manage if you are symptomatic. So mm. at the point where you have the blisters, so the cyclovir can be given to you and it will then reduce uh, the duration of the ulcers so that they do not last for that long. But if you are in, I'll say, remissance, then you don't have any any blisters or you are asymptomatic, then you, you do not, you will not be given any treatment because the virus sits in your nerves and it will only be reactivated, as I said, if you are immunocompromised or there's any hormonal changes in your body. So as the National Institute for Communicable Diseases, are you open to uh, taking or giving advice? Because I think the... The anonymous there with the testes that are painful in the morning wanted your details as well. Yes. So the, and the National Institute for Communicable Diseases was a surveillance institute uh, that serves government in terms of assisting with research as well and surveillance so that we can be able to inform government in terms of their treatment guidelines and so forth. So we do not do diagnostic testing. So if he needs any assistance, he will need to consult at a nearby clinic, government clinic free, the service is free of charge, or even go to their general practitioner. 
So that's where they'll be able to get further information and further treatment if it's needed. All right. Well, thank you again for your time, Vanessa. We appreciate it here on Lifetime Live. Thank you so much for having us on. And people should enjoy their Valentine's Day and they should increase their knowledge and protect their partners and themselves and enjoy their sexual activities in whatever form they come in. Thank you. Vanessa Maseko is Laboratory Manager at the STI Division for the National Institute for Communicable Diseases, the NICD, talking to us here on SAFM. We're going to take a short uh, song uh, before we go to our SA History Corner. And this uh, is Roots 2000.